Hey everybody, Mike here from Land of the Lost. Uh, we're covering something a little different today. Um, I know in our description we, um, you know, we you know, we say we're a gaming channel, we're a video game channel, and that's that's still going to be true. Um, but for anybody who's um, listened into Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or any of the other sites that we're on, uh, you may have noticed about three months ago I had started a dungeon mastery class which was Dungeons and Dragons focused, um, basically trying to teach everybody, or rather or teach people who need help, I should say, um, how to be a dungeon master. You know, if had you not done it yet, or, you know, maybe you feel a little inexperienced, or you just want to brush up on your technique, that is my platform for helping people to kind of refine their game. Now, in the, in the video... I'm going to start this off. So, in the first video, which is not on wisdom, I initially went over a couple of different things. You know, like a couple of examples. Uh, I kind of want to want to take that a step further this time around. Um, again, if you're just tuning in with us, we're on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, basically wherever you can find a podcast. So you could catch up on that if you feel the need. Um, but I'm basically, that was just like, you know, going over like the basics of it all. Here I'm going to kind of explain the do's and don'ts of being a dungeon master. Now, just a recap for anybody who maybe just isn't in the know. A dungeon master is the person running the game. Okay, you're the referee, you're the narrator, the storyteller, the lore master. Um, and you're the NPCs too. Like you have to kind of fill that role. So it's... It's a lot for new people, and we've had a couple of situations over the past five, six years where people have just kind of, um, you know, people have come on to be a dungeon master and they've, frankly, flopped at it. They just they they didn't do well. Uh, my you know my buddy actively, um, he, he's in like a lot of like Dungeon Dragons discords, and he'll he'll go in like random sessions and join them you know, for the fun of it. And ultimately, um, he'll end up either backing out or the game will flop or something will happen where, you know, the dungeon master will do something and, and basically pisses everybody off. And it, you know, it just kind of falls apart. Drink here. All right, let me get back in my chair a little bit here. Oh, God. Yeah, it's early in the morning for this, isn't it? <laughs> All right, so... Hitting up on the do's and don'ts today, I'm going I'm I'm to hit you guys with a couple of stories, and I'm kind of going to explain as I go along, and just, you know, give you guys, you know, hopefully a little bit of information that helps you on your journey to being a better dungeon master. So, now that we've kind of laid the groundwork for what a dungeon master is, let's go into a scenario. So, you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. You know, you got your friends there, they're hanging out, they're the players, right? They're the ones doing the story. They're the ones doing the adventure. Um, there's an incident. There's an incident where they have to investigate a mansion. You know, we pictured a haunted mansion, an abandoned mansion, you know, creepy vibes. They have to go into this mansion and they're looking for clues. Okay, you know, the clues help them progress in the story. Now, I'm actually basing this off of an actual story, and I'm going to kind of tell that as I go. 
Um, so what happened in this instance, yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll tell you flat out. So like in this instance, that was basically the premise, right? They had to go into like this abandoned mansion. They had to look for clues. They were looking for this gang. Basically, they were going to, going to find clues. This gang had something they needed and they needed to go in. Truth be told, I don't even remember what the objective was because like, yeah, oh God, it must've been like six years ago. But as I was the one in the DM in, in, in this story, and what happened was they were investigating and they were getting bad roles. So for anybody who, who, who maybe just doesn't know, when it comes to investigation, you have to roll for it. It's like a, like a skill. Now, your skill kind of predefines how good you are at it, but you also have to worry about like what the roll of the dice says. So like... In this case, they rolled and they rolled poorly. Now they're investigating. You want to make this a little immersive. It would be a, a little too easy as a dungeon master to go, you didn't find anything. There's, there's nothing there. You just shrug, you know. Instead of doing that, don't do that. Do this instead. Well, you look around. You know, there's dust on the shelf. You could tell it hasn't been, you know, it hasn't been touched in a very long time. There are cobwebs everywhere. You know, the banister is it's just got a thick coating of, of dust. The windows are faded. You can't see through them. You know, like give example, like, like basically tell them what they're looking at. Because as players, they don't have a clue. Like they can imagine. Yeah, that's part of the game. But they're not going to know you actually have to kind of explain it to them a little bit and, 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 you know, paint the picture in their mind. You know, you are as a, as a DM, the narrator. So you got to explain it to them a little bit. Now this, this story actually kind of takes a bit of a turn, right? So what ends up happening is, is I think after the second or third bad roll, I'm running out of things to say, like, I'm, I'm kind of like giving them a picture of an old creaky, semi-dilapidated building and, and in reality what they're looking for is they're looking for like a secret door it's like hidden behind a bookshelf or something and by the by like the third roll i actually ran out of things to explain that i haven't already explained i'm like it's dusty spiders you can't see through the windows you can't like it's an old house like how many times can you can you say the same thing over and over um, so I started trying to spice up, I was like, all right, um, you enter the bedroom, um, you can see where furniture used to be, things are toppled over, there's a rat scurrying on the floor, and for whatever reason, this actually caught the attention of the players, like, they got really excited all of a sudden. Um, as it happens, I think one of my friends was a ranger, and he had an animal, what the hell, what is that ability? He had an ability that allowed him to befriend animals as companions. You know, basically uh, NPCs that followed you around. So he gets all excited and he goes, I'm going to tame the rat. Now, for, for anybody who doesn't know how D&D how &D works, let me explain this. The players will always try to one-up you just because they can. And I'm not going to lie, this caught me off guard. So 
instead of being like, well, you can't be friend the rat. Instead, what I do is I explain, okay, well, explain that to me. Like, like, how does that work? How are you going to befriend a rat? Like, dude, I could go anywhere and I could find a rat and be like, oh, can you be my friend? You know, like in reality, that's not going to work. So, you know, I, I'm like, okay, explain that to me because my, my dynamic of rats, my understanding of rats doesn't really allow that. And he goes, oh, well, okay, well, here's this ability. And I read out the ability. I'm like, okay, um... I mean, this is supposed to be like, I imagine it's intended for like deer or tigers or like something that's like useful horses, I guess. And he wants to use it on the rats. So I'm like, okay. Um, you know, he has to roll for it. You know, all right, roll for it. Sure enough. He didn't have to roll that high, but he rolled high enough. And I was like, okay, you have befriended the rat. So now he's like, I'm, I'm going to trade it. Now, for some people, like, this is getting a little ridiculous. Like, some people would take this and be like, oh, well, uh, no, because that's, that's impossible. However, we did some digging in the rules, and we found out that that is indeed possible. So instead of shutting the player down, I instead encouraged it by kind of going through the motions and looking through the rules of what you can and can't do. So... Um, they eventually find what they need. They go on their adventure. They, they, and they, they leave. So night falls, they create a camp somewhere nearby and he spends four hours at night training the rat. Now I, I set it up where he, you know, it gets gradually harder, harder being more time to help his rat gain whatever skill he's trying to gain it in, you know, some people, like I said, some people, here, here's a don't for you. Don't shut your players down. Don't be dismissive. Like, it doesn't help anything. You know, this is a fantasy setting. So if you actually encourage the behavior a little bit, as long as it's not breaking the game, it's fine. You know, don't, don't be that kind of person who's like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, it's a fantasy adventure, pal. Like, it, it's not going to make sense. You know, so I, you know, I continue to encourage this a little bit. I'm not going to say it wasn't weird because it was definitely weird, but ultimately what happened was he got the rat's intelligence up. Like he kept working on intelligence for some reason. And I'm like, what's he trying to teach the rat physics? Like what, <laughs> like what, what is this? You know? And again, the players will try to one up you. They'll try to do something strange because they're in an open ended fantasy you know, it doesn't matter if it's homebrew or not. It's at the end of the day, you know, everybody's kind of sharing this one little adventure. So I decide to play along because I realize he's not going to let it go. And he hasn't broken any rules. He hasn't broken the game. It's not changing anything. He's just having fun with it. So he gets his experience up. This, this, excuse me, this rat's intelligence. And I decide as the dungeon master to give this rat a voice because he's intelligent enough to speak now. And he's got a little squeaky voice. And he talks in like little short sentences. And the party went ballistic. I mean, all, I think it was like four players, like all four players like lost their shit. Like they were just cracking up. So they gave the rat a name. And one of our party members actually drew a sketch of this rat. 
So they, they named him Seymour, <laughs> of all things. And they, we, we, we drew a picture of him. It was, it was a pretty good picture. I wish I still had it. Um, of a rat with a top hat and a monocle. So for the uh, the duration of the rest of this this adventure, this campaign, Seymour the Rat was a recurring companion, and he was always depicted with a top hat and a monocle because his intelligence was really high. So to close off on that story, you know that's that's one of the fun things of 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 D anD D is you get to you get to play around with, with stuff like that. I mean, yeah, everybody's in it for the story, the adventure, everybody's kind of different in that aspect of what they're looking to get out of it. But, you know, it, it would have been too easy to, to shut them down before this thing even, even kicked off. You know, it would have been way, way too easy to be like, that's a load of nonsense. I don't want to do that. And unfortunately people tend to do that. Some dungeon masters who were inexperienced, you know, when they're, really set on the story that they created or the story that's in front of them, you know, I don't know. They just, they don't want to deal with it, I guess. Like it it breaks their narrative for some reason. But if you kind of play along, so long as nobody's doing anything they're not supposed to be doing, like you get these really funny scenarios. You get these really funny stories where, you know, it's just fun. And, and uh, let, me, let me tell you something. This, this was like 2018 when this happened. You know, it's 2022 now. And we still talk about Seymour the Rat. Like, it's just so, it's just so funny. So as a dungeon master, you know, it's good to let your players have a little fun with it. Sure, you're the person in control. You're the person running the show. But if you give your players a little leash, you make some memories. And, and good things do happen. Let me tell you another story. This is another good example. So this was a more recent campaign. Actually, this was my homebrew, if I'm not mistaken. So they already had to go to an area known as the Crack of Embers. Essentially, it was a ravine um, with a cultist stronghold hidden down in the ravine. I remember, like, you know, there was, like, lava and, and, and stuff. Like, it, it, it was, like, outflow of, like, a nearby volcano. But there were sections of it that were just... That were just stone, so they made like their little fortress. And the team repels down. Uh, they get through the door, and the way I set this up. Now, mind you, this is homebrew. This was something I created, a universe, a campaign that I had been working on. I was actually going to write a book on it, and I had started it. Um, who's to say if I'll ever finish it? But like, yeah, like I got really, really deep into the lore and. You know, I, I, I kind of went crazy with this fantasy. But anyway, um, yeah, I was really attached to it, is what I'm saying. Um, and I, I set this scenario up where they had to be stealthy. They had to kind of figure out what was going on by listening in rather than going in swords and, and, and arrows blazing. So what ended up happening was at first it started well. Um, they were able to silently kill all the first couple cultists and my buddy and his brother stole their robes their characters and their characters put the robes on and acted as one of the cultists two of the cultists excuse me so they're they're wandering around the other two party members are are kind of stealthily making their way around and it reaches a point where 
to get so far in where people are starting to get suspicious. The cultists are kind of like, who are these guys and where is everybody else? Because everybody else is dead in a corner somewhere, hidden, you know? So I set this up where there's a bit of tension. Now, it was supposed to be tension. But like any campaign, there tends to be nonsense that <laughs> accompanies the party. So I send an NPC to investigate and go like, who, you know, who are you, you know, basically. And they explain who they are and that they're, they're new to the group. And the guy's all like, oh, well, I don't remember recruiting you. You know, basically try to try and say, oh, you're not supposed to be here. You know, kind of just build tension on the moment. The other two players are ready to strike. You know, they're hiding. They, I think they're hiding on like a scaffolding somewhere. Um, but they were nearby where if something something went wrong, they could go in and, and help help their buddies in disguise and, and you know, fight. So their cover's almost blown when one of our members, actually, I think it may have been Carl. I got to ask Carl about this. I think he would remember the story. But yeah, so like, I got to ask Carl, but like, I think it was Carl's character. He jumped down, but he failed the landing. Like I had him roll because it was, it was a bit of a distance and he fell. And instead of like being like this big heroic moment, he just kind of like crashed to the floor. Oh wait, no, that's not what that was the other guy. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm misremembering. No, no, no. So the other guy fell, but Carl ran in and, and, killed the cultist who was who was being suspicious but the old, other cultist saw him and instead of breaking like all right like all right charades up and throwing off the roads one of our party members goes oh no brother pigeon and we all just looked at him like what was his name like it was like oh my god like it was so hysterical like on the fly, one of our party members had made up a name, a ridiculous name at that, for like a random NPC, just so their character could try to keep their cover. And they did. They like like they had to initiate, you know, roll initiative and you know, like they started to like it looked like they were gonna like fight with the cultists. But in turn what they wanted to do was uh they were they were trying to surprise attack the um the cultists who still thought they were with them and, you know, basically gain an advantage on the situation and it worked. But, um, ultimately, uh, you know, and, and it's like anything else. They, they went, they got what they needed and they, they left, they came out. Oh, excuse me. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, I could have turned around and been like, oh, you know, you, you can't do that. You, you know, you, you're rolling for your initiative. You know, they know the jig is up. Like, like, no, like the player did something wacky and, it, you know, it would have been too easy to be like, oh, well, that's not his name. You know, speaking as another NPC, but, you know, just sometimes it's better to just run with it, you know? You know, I, if I had to give a do or don't for that, you know, don't be so quick to tell the player what they're going to do. You know, I, I'd let them, let them, let them run it until it becomes feasibly, 
feasibly, excuse me, impossible. Um, but I've been talking a lot, a lot about stories I DM'd. Let's go into another one real quick where somebody else DM'd who was an experience. Now, I don't know this person, um, out the DM in question. This was something one of my, my party members gave me. Like I said, he's really active in a lot of D&D discords, and he joins a lot of uh, he joins a lot of campaigns. Um, I'm not really certain how D&D works on Discord, to be completely honest with you. But anyway, so he, he, he goes and he does his campaign, and he comes back to me frustrated. He goes... He's like, Mike, when are we having another another session, man? And I'm like, you know, shrug. Like, I don't know. Like, whenever we have time. You know, I got the podcast, got life, got work, you know. He's like, all right, well, we we got to do something here, man. Because this is this is getting ridiculous. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So he explains the story um, where his, his party was supposed to get a MacGuffin, basically. You know, you sent after an item. Now, this was the DM's one of the DM's first times being a DM, um, which was fine. But it sounds like it was his first homebrew. It Like uh, like I said, I'm going off the information I'm given. From what I've been told, it sounds like it was his first time making up his own story and he didn't have a whole lot of experience. That's fine. We all start out. There is growing pains. That's why this class is here. You know what I mean? Like, this is why I'm, I'm talking right now about this particular subject. It happens. If you don't know, it's okay. You do figure it out. This guy hadn't figured it out yet. So what he does is he sets up the story where the players have to go after this MacGuffin, but the bad guys get it first, and the bad guys go and run off and commit evil. Well, he didn't cover all his bases in the story and the players were able to use what their characters had to basically get to the object first and extract with it like they were able to get away now the dm didn't take this very well so he starts breaking the rules of his own little reality just to kind of get the ball rolling how he wanted now this is what we call railroading. We don't like railroading. Players do not like railroading. Railroading breaks the open-endedness of a campaign, of an adventure. It, 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 makes the, it makes the players feel like they're not in control. And while, yes, the D Dungeon Master is the one running the show you got to give your players a little bit of leash to walk around and, and do whatever. You know, it may be your world, but they're the ones in it. And that's, that's always a, a very strong, that's, that's something to remember right there is, is they're the ones in it. And if you railroad them where it's like point A, point B, point C, like, it's fine to have, like, objectives. It's fine to have your players run off and go do things. But, like, you can't force them to go. There are ways to do that where it's not considered railroading. You know, you, kinda, you gotta give them a little bit of leash. 
This guy did the opposite. He he was hell bent. Oh, excuse me. Ugh. Sorry, it's, it's still morning. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's he's just hell bent on you know making the story how he how he wanted it to be. And what he did was he sent an assassin, quote unquote, to sneak in and steal the item back. Fine. That makes sense. You know, people are looking for this thing, you know, and if people know that they have it and they find them, well, they're definitely going to rummage through their shit and find it. That's fine. However, one of them had a spell going on, which would alert the party. And the spell went off. And the guy totally was like, oh, well, that doesn't matter because he has such and such. Okay. But then the party's alerted anyway. So, long story short, the party wakes up. The assassin grabs the item. They give chase. But then this guy gives the assassin, like, ridiculous speed. Like, I don't even know how to like, describe this. Like, the average speed is, like, 30 feet a turn. Sometimes it's 60 if you have, like, abilities for that. This guy was, like, quadruple that. Like, he was making stupid amounts of distance in, in a stupid short amount of time. And it, it kind of breaks the imagination. It kind of breaks, what's the word? The, the disbelief. You know, it kind of breaks the disbelief in the story. You know, because while D&D is a very open-ended role play, there are some rules. There are some basic things. Like, you have to establish if this is possible. Like, these are things you get out of the way in the beginning of the uh, beginning of the adventure. You know, a lot of the times what I do personally is I sit down and be like, all right, this is, this is a thing that goes on, just so you guys know, you know. Or I, I turn around and be like, okay, this is a thing. But it may be questionable to your experience. Yes or no, and they get a vote from the players. So there's a do for you right there. Check in with your players. Let them know this is the rules of the universe. This is the rules of what we're going to be doing. You know, don't be that person who's like, oh, it's because I said so. Like, don't because I said so. Like, it's childish. It's And, and even worse, like, it, it, it kind of puts a bad taste in the player's mouth. Like, you really don't want to do that. You know, check in. Be like, all right, this is possible. Just letting you guys know. Or, this is possible. However, if you guys feel it's going to break the gameplay for you, let's take a vote. And if we don't like it, I will substitute something else or just remove it entirely. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Switch it up. It's okay. You're the one who came up with it. Who cares? So... Ultimately, this guy ends up throwing the item and then just running off. And they go to search for it, and the, the DM's kind of BSing them at this point. Oh, you can't find it. Oh, you can't, you know. It, it, like, they're, they're using, like, investigation checks. They're using, like, magic to try to find this item. And he's like, oh, no, it's just not there. Like, he's basically like, no, you can't have it. Like, don't, don't do that. Like... What's your reasoning for that? 
you know, I, I don't understand. Like what? I don't, like like I, eventually, like the bad guys eventually got a hold of the item, but he kind of blah blah how. You know, it, it's, I don't know, it's ridiculous. But, he, you know, but my friend comes back frustrated to me, and he's just like, yeah, dude, this is like BS. And, and I agree with him. You know, you don't, don't railroad people back just because they went off course. What I would have done, say the antagonist is going after this item like the players. Players get a hold of it first. Okay, I didn't account for that. As a DM, that's on me. So the adventure continues anyway. Well... <clears throat> instead of sending an assassin, I would have just had the antagonist go berserk. You know, say if there's a local village not too far from where the uh, party was camped out. Bad guy goes to get item. Item's not there. Bad guy doesn't know who has it. So the bad guy sends his armies or his gangs or, you know, whoever he controls, whoever he's affiliated with, to go burn down villages looking for the stupid thing. Okay, so now I've just implemented another plot thread. So now the players have the item they need to continue their adventure, but the bad guy is super PO'd that he couldn't find it when he got there. So now he's looking under every stone trying to find it. And God forbid there's helpless villagers nearby and he starts burning stuff to the ground looking for it. So now the players are going to feel obligated, unless they're like chaotic evil, you know. They're going to feel like, like, oh man, like we took this item and and now this guy's raising places to the ground, killing innocent people. You know, most most characters, even if they're not good, aligned, or even neutral for that matter, they'll still try to intervene. You know, if not for the you know for the player experience, if nothing else. But, uh, you know, I mean, you'll have players, you know, they're playing an, an evil character and they'll be like, you know, let it burn. And, and that's fine, you know, but have consequences, you know, don't punish your players, but like have consequences, you know, you know, make, make an, an effect from a cause. The cause is, you know, bad guy didn't find the item because the players took it. He doesn't know who has it. The effect is, all right, well, he's going to start killing people. The players then have to act or not act, and then you take it from there. Start making it up as you go. Even if you have a really well-thought-out story, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if you go to Barnes & Noble and you buy one of the campaign books. Like It doesn't matter. Like Start making stuff up, because at the very least, the story continues, and the players don't feel railroaded. You know, Give their actions some meaning. You know, Make the players feel immersed in the world they're in. Things that they're doing are causing other things to happen, cause and effect. You know, that's a do right there. Create an effect to their cause. Whatever they do, have something to ricochet. You know, okay, well, you did this, so this happens. You know, you don't have to go crazy. You know, you know, have fun with it. You know, don't be so quick to railroad it and pull people back in and, you know, I get it. Like, if it's your story, especially if it's home homebrew, it can be frustrating because you're like, oh, man, I just spent all this time working on this. Like, it does suck. But the story goes on. You know, it doesn't doesn't hurt. Yeah.
So when it comes when it, when it comes down to it, you know, have have a little fun with it. You know, okay, they want to switch up my story. All right, well, this is going to happen. You know, and, and don't don't make it spiteful or anything, but you know, just keep it going. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I can touch up on before I close out. Oh yeah, yeah. This is probably important to, to bring up. Um, favoritism really has nothing to do with storytelling. More of just like you know, dungeon master to player relations. Um, actually, let's go even further with that. Um, there are some dungeon masters that kind of get off on making these really impossible campaigns just to see players die. I understand this is a bit of a, what's the word? A bit of a personal choice. But I'm going to say flat out, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't be that jerk. Don't be that dickhead. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because here's the thing. When, when you're a dungeon master, players want to have fun. And you're in charge of that fun. Now, if you tell them straight out, like, okay, guys, listen, we're doing a... I'm just going to make something up here. We're going we're gonna to do a Dark Souls-inspired campaign. Okay. Dark Souls is infamous for being difficult. It's good to explain, just like Dark Souls, this is going to be hard. If you explain that ahead of time, you can't get slapped on the wrist for it. So as long as you set up exactly how it's going to be. You don't have to tell them how it's going to be, but you'd be like, all right, this is this is how hard it's going to be. The enemy is going to be ridiculous. Um. Or if you're going for a realism campaign where if you get your arm chopped off, you can't magically reattach it or, or something. You know, you want to, again, establish with the players how it's going to go. You know, and even if you think it's going to be too much, you don't talk to your players. Like, you know, you guys want to tweak aspect A, you know, or aspect B just to kind of make it a little more bearable. And players will respect that. They will. I respect it. You know, it's like, you know, he's, he's talking with us on, on how it's going to go down and, you know, he's willing to make a couple changes if it's a little too much for some people it is. But if you go in not explaining it and it's a super ridiculously hard campaign that lasts only an hour because all the players are dead, like what's the fun in that for the player? Like what was this all for? Like, what are we doing? You said, I'm doing a little personal slaughterhouse. What is this? You know, and some people do it for kicks. That's that's the thing. Like, do do not do not do this for kicks. Like, some people are just I, I don't know. There's no word like bad. Like, just don't don't be that dungeon master who likes to torture his players. Because that's not fun. Why would you want to play in that campaign? Why would you want to do that? Listen, if you were a player. And you just wanted to have your own little role play fantasy or whatever. And the dungeon master just kind of wanted to see you flat out die. Like your character just, just flat out die in the first hour or two. Like, would you want to play again? Really? No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't go back. Oh, so-and-so's DMing. Last time I was with him, we lasted a half hour and he killed us all. And that's the thing. They will say, you killed them. Not the goblin, not the orc, not the mage, not the whatever you were going up against, not the dragon. 
they're going to say, you killed them. Now, if you're running like your average campaign and a player just dies due to circumstance, that's not on you. But if you create a ridiculously hard campaign and don't say anything, then it's on you. And they blame you for that. Now, you may have your sick kicks killing off players, but now nobody's going to play with you no more. You see what I mean? So don't don't be a bad DM. Like, don't be that kind of person that wants to see players die. Like, you don't want to. You, you don't want to do that. Instead, set the players up with challenges. Like, challenge the players. Set things up ahead of time. And again, you discuss with them if you feel the need. But, you know, you're telling a story. Your story's not going to go anywhere if you if you bludgeon your 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 player characters to death, you know? You got to you got to take a take a bit of a backseat and you know, personally I start out slow. I'll, I'll give them something easy, maybe like a goblin horde or something. Like how we you can go you can give players levels 1 to 5. 20 goblins and they'll dispatch them. They're not that hard. And it's easy XP for the player. You know, it creates a uh I mean, yeah, they're outnumbered heavily, but in the end, it's not really going to matter because they're kind of cannon fodder, and it's easy experience. Gives players the ability to level up just a little bit quicker. You know, crank it up as you go. Skeletons, you know, magic users. Like, like start like making it harder as you go. And there are guides to that. You can look up uh, monsters on the D&D website and they'll tell you all about it or if you have D&D Beyond the D&D Beyond app I believe there's a section on there for monsters I'm actually going to look at that real quick that's rich I'm signed out apparently I'll look at that later but yeah it's like like there are plenty of sources like Google it you know, Dungeons and Dragons Monsters and I'm sure a large list will come up. The official websites first, typically, um, and and they'll they'll give you like difficulty levels and you know give you a general idea of where your character should be at X point in the story, based on what monsters are attacking, what monsters are there, you know, and you can throw like one really big monster in. You know, towards the beginning, I think Minds of Fandelver did that with a, uh, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think what that was, Nocturne, 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 started with an N, basically it was this creepy one-eyed monster that wanted to eat us, and essentially, oh yeah, that was, that was actually a really good example, so, a Noctis, a Nocturne. I, I can't remember what this monster was, but it was a one-eyed monster that really wanted to eat the players. And the players had a had an idea on the fly. I'm thinking it's going to be like this crazy, stupid, hard battle at the beginning. Now, this wasn't a, like a homebrew. You actually go out and uh, and find this campaign. It's called the I think it's called the Mines of Fandelver, Fandelvin, something along that line. But um. Yeah, I'm thinking it's gonna be like this wild fight. The players aren't gonna be able to make it. You know, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm like, damn. Like, you know, sometimes you feel for the players. You're like, damn. Like, they're really gonna have it hard. <laughs> like, they're really gonna get hit. Um, 
And my best friend comes up with something on the fly and he goes, well, what if we sacrifice to you the bandits we just killed? And he, I had him roll. I think, I think I had him roll for persuasion and he passed. It was like a 19 or something. Like it was stupid high. And the creature found that acceptable. So to pass like this cavern, like the, like this bridge that they had to, had to go through in this cave, um, they sacrificed the dead bandits that they had killed to this monster. So it would eat them instead and buy them enough time to run across the bridge. Um, you know, again, it would have been all too easy as a DM to be like, Nope, this is going to be a fight. Have fun. Good luck. GG's, you know, but the player came up with something smart. They, they came up with an idea to get around that obstacle, that challenge and God encourage that. Cause that's awesome. You know, the players are engaging in the world that you've set up as the dungeon master, you know, encourage that because problem solving is, I would say it's a part of the ND. You know, that's, if it was easy, it wouldn't be fun, you know? So there's going to be obstacles, there's going to be challenges and, what he he came up with that day was really really clever you know so i definitely support that but i see my my time is running out this morning ladies and gentlemen i have to run um i hope this was informative um reach out to us if you guys would like to see more of this um i'll probably be posting more um but we'd love to hear from you so uh happy sunday wishing everybody a great day Planet of the Lost, Mike, signing out.